Sisters, four women who love Jesus and who have committed to spending time together studying the Bible and growing in friendship with each other. We love being together and we hope that you will enjoy your time with us. Hello, welcome to the Faith Lift Sisters. Um, in this, so we're recording way ahead of when you're listening to this, but it is cold outside and it is snowy and melty and yucky outside so I was going to say on this lovely morning but it's not that lovely (laughs) it's kind of mushy out there so anyway whatever day you're listening to this I hope it's not mushy and that it's very nice for you to be listening to this (laughs) Um, we are talking about James we're walking through James and this week we're going to be in James 2 um, we are, if you are following along in the Insights Bible Study Homework, we um, are going to combine day one and day two. So this episode might be a little bit longer than our normal episodes are, um, but we will make a very clear kind of distinction about when we're transitioning into a different day. So if you feel like you can't commit to listening to this whole thing today, that's okay. We have it designed that way and We'll talk about day two or day one, and then we're going to flow into day two, but you'll know when you can stop um, and then pick it up the next day if that's what you want to do. So don't feel overwhelmed if you feel like this is too much of a chunk for you. The beauty of it is technology is here and it is at your will. You are not at the will of the technology. So, (laughs) yes. (laughs) Yeah, that's what you say until I can't turn my computer on, but go ahead. <laughs> yes, we love technology until we hate it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but today we're going to talk about um, favoritism and judgment and all of those lovely things that we all fall trapped to at some point. So, um, Terry, you want to start us out reading our scripture so we have some context here? Yep. James 2, 1 through 7. My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes into your meeting wearing gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand over there or sit on the floor by my feet. Have you not discriminated amongst yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. It is not the rich who, oh, is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him whom, to whom you belong? Eek. Wow. It, that's, uh, it's pretty strong. It is definitely strong. Um, we were talking a little bit earlier how James um, is not ter- terribly lyrical, um, in his subject changes, mm-hmm. <laughs> I think Rosemary said it's more like a machine gun, like pow, pow, pow. Um, yeah. You know, we just go in and he, like we talked about from the very beginning, just is a straight talker. 
Um, he doesn't tiptoe through anything. No, there's no pretense. There's no beating around the bush. It is. This is how it goes. So <laughs> he pretty much just says here, this is how it goes. Yep. Oh, and just wait, because it gets even stronger. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I never um, really. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I dug into that a little bit about um <clears throat> the idea of here's a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet. Mm -hmm. Wow. I, I never thought about that. You stand there. It's like a you rich guy who has a lot of money and you look fabulous. You sit here in this nice fancy chair that we have for you. You, mm, your clothes might smell a little bit. You look a little dirty. Go stand over way back at the corner of the church where no one's going to be bothered by you, where we don't really have to look at you or sit down on the floor. You know, you're not going to get a good seat. They're not for you. Yikes. That's, that's hard. Um, It reminded me of myself. Unfortunately, I, um, it took me a couple of years to, uh, to realize what I did, but when um, I was getting baptized, Greg and I were both getting baptized. Um, they had their baptisms in the evening service. For some reason, I don't know how it even happened. I had my two little cousins um, with me overnight for the weekend. I, I don't really remember, but they were with me and I, um, they, you know, they didn't have the best clothes. They were young and um, a little boisterous. Um, So when we got to church and we went to a pretty good sized church, we got to church and I was like, I am not having them sitting up front. They might embarrass me. They might say something. They might, you know, whatever. Uh, So when we got there, I told them to sit in the back pew. I told them right where to sit so that I would not have to be bothered by, you know, being worried what they were going to do or say or look like. And I didn't really even think about it for a couple of years. Maybe it was the first time I read this out of James. And I was like, I, that's me. I did that. I did that to my little cousins who could have gotten a good lesson, who could have gotten um, something special out of that, you know, it may have been an opportunity for me to tell them why I was getting baptized, you know, and all that. Nope. Just very immature. And um, so I've, I've since then really asked forgiveness because what a terrible thing to do to somebody, especially little kids, I think. So don't do that. James is right. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we all do that. I don't think your story is, yeah, we all do that at some certain level. Yeah. I think the interesting thing about your story, Terry, is that you didn't even realize Mm -mm. that that wasn't, that, that that wasn't the right way to, to treat your cousins. Right. Um, And I think that that reflects on all of us. We, all of us are so wrapped up in our own stuff, in our own experiences at church and in our own, um, families and friends, that oftentimes we do neglect to realize that we're supposed to be a light in this dark world. And so our, even when we go to church to get baptized, maybe that's an opportunity that God could use to bring somebody else into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think we, it's a whole mind shift that we all have to undergo that we're on this earth for a purpose and it's not all about us. Right. So, but I think that that partiality thing still exists. The favoritism thing, Um, you know, we've gone to plenty of churches where certain people got to sit up front (laughs) and certain people were relegated to the back. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I can remember even as a kid thinking, well, you know what? The very people that you're putting in the back are probably the ones who really need to be up front. Because um, mm-hmm. we wanted known people up front, people that we knew, people that supported the ministries. Um, but those people already knew about Jesus. They didn't need to be up front. It was the people that were coming in, kind of sneaking in the back and sitting down on the back pew. They're the ones who really needed to know who Jesus is. Yep. So I think we miss a lot of opportunities with that. We just don't even, we just aren't thinking that way. Right. We are naturally inclined to gather with the people that are like us, right? I mean, that's just who we're comfortable with. And naturally that's, we don't want to be out of our comfort zones. Um, That's just part of human nature is you want to do what's comfortable. Um, So yeah, Yeah. having the, the people that are around you that are, um, maybe dress differently or their hair is different or, you know, whatever. That's um, sometimes, sometimes it's not comfortable. Yeah, that's interesting. I, James, I think here is really exposing the motive of the heart. He's really like, we can look at all of the things that mm-hmm. we're seeing and we can try to manipulate that, do that differently. But unless our heart changes towards others, the, the, Outward things will look different every time, um, but the heart will not change. And so James is really challenging us to look at our motives and what's underneath. Um, do you remember, have you guys ever read the book, The Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis? I love that book, yeah. Flat out one of the funniest books to me. Yeah. Um, it's, it's about, do you guys, do you guys know it? or? The, I haven't it, read it in it many, years. many, many years. Yeah. But I just love how he he changes things. It's like, oh, yeah, so put someone with a big hat there, you know, and have that. So it's like we can be distracted so easily, and we're distracted outwardly because our heart is not right inwardly. And so he talks about all these ways that they can distract people whose hearts are not towards God. Um, They're towards themselves, quite frankly. Like, I don't want to be seen like this. I don't want to be seen with this person. Or I think this person should sit in the back so they don't, so everything, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Right. Um, But I I think what James is really exposing is the heart and what are our motives underneath all of this. Well, very clearly um, in 2.5, he says, listen, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised to those who love him? He's like, get it together, people. Again, mm-hmm. like James, like we could just have a tattoo on his forehead. Get it together, people. <laughs> um, you know, but he just says like, these are the, this is not, there's nothing wrong with being rich and there's nothing wrong with being poor. That's not what he's saying right. at all. Right. What he's saying is how are you treating everyone? Because God is the one who treats everyone equally equally yeah and i thought this was really an interesting perspective too it's that um the barriers there can be barriers to both the rich and the poor the rich their barrier can be pride and the poor their barrier can be bitterness Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know how many times, boy, there were times when I was, we definitely didn't have any money. <laughs> Certainly that. Um, and you can go, yeah, gosh, I just so wish I could have that. Or, oh, sure, they have that. You know, and it was just like, no, well, my heart was in the wrong place. I have what I have. Thank you, God. This is amazing. How can I share this with someone else? Period. And I don't, it, it means if I don't even have something, you know, like let's say I have a piece of bread, you know, but even not that, it's like, even if I have nothing, I can share the presence of God with others, period, yeah. regardless of rich or poor. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of um, political undertone that went along with all of this too, mm-hmm. because in this culture, remember that um, the Jewish people, these small churches, they were small churches because they were not, they'd been scattered mm-hmm. um, due to persecution. Remember they're kind of out in the Netherlands, not in actual Netherlands, but like the right. far away lands. <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. The um, Netherlands. In different cultures. You're right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. With and wooden so, shoes. Oh, I'm just kidding. We, <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, they have all of these, um, they're foreigners, right? And they're foreigners in the land and they're foreigners in their belief. And they are the minority in every sense of the word. And so there was some hierarchy in the church too, in the cultural part of it, because the people who were rich were supposed to be protecting the people who were poor because you're supposed to all be in this together. Um, And so the inclination would be, that's part of the judgment issue here is like, you're better because you're the honored one and you have the money and you're going to protect us, but you don't have anything. So go back there, just sit at my feet Go stand in the back. You're not worth it. Mm-hmm. You know? um, so there's that all that cultural, like political stuff, too, that goes along with that judgment. Um, yeah. And I think we see that today, too. And we're guilty of that today, right? Like, oh, you have the fancier car. You have the fancier house. You have the bigger jewelry. You have the fancy haircut you know, whatever it happens to be. Um, oh yeah. Let's, let's honor you. Let's pay attention to you. Oh, you get your haircut at Supercuts. Go, go back there. <laughs> Honestly, you know what I'm, I mean? During this time yeah. with COVID, I'm not sure that the super haircut is really the thing that's happening. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> but I have changed a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, but, but you know what I mean? Yep. Well, there Absolutely. was a verse in Proverbs 22, two, that says the rich and poor have this in common. The Lord is the maker of them all. Mm-hmm. And I think in James's day and in our day too, we forget that, that mm-hmm. we are all created in God's image. And that's a really important thing so that we value each other um, as God's children and not um, based on, you know, where they live or what kind of car they drive or anything else. There's no other criteria for respecting someone other than the fact that they are made in the image of God. And mm-hmm. so they deserve that respect. Yeah. Um, that's actually a great kind of transition into this next mm-hmm. set of verses that we're going to have Terry read. So if you need to cut out, this is your chance. <laughs> like push pause and then pick us up later. <laughs> but Terry, will you read um, 8 through 13 for us? Yep. 
If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking it all. For he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery, but you do commit murder, you've become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom, because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. Yeah. The whole conversation about love your neighbor as yourself goes back to keeping in mind that we are all created in the image of God, period. No matter what you drive, where you live, where your kids go to school, how fancy your fingernails look or your, you know, if you have the fancy breed of dog or if you have the mutt from the pound or whatever, (laughs) um, you know, it's, it's, we're all created in the image of God. And that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And so again, you were pointing like to all those outside things, right? The issue is what's inside, what's going on in our heart. What's Mm -hmm. motivating that action? Again, yeah. I really had a a good long think about this. Whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking it all. Mm -hmm. I don't know. For some reason, it just really, really stuck with me and kind of went down deep this time as I read this. That, um, yeah, you know, it, it doesn't just talking about our um our laws in society um you know you kill somebody well you've broken the law you're going to jail but i didn't commit adultery i didn't covet my neighbor's stuff i didn't do any of that well it doesn't matter you broke this law you deserve the penalty you're going to jail and it's like you don't have to break them all to be a lawbreaker just one and who, you know, none of us are, are perfect and have, own, have not broken a law. <laughs> One of the, you know, just to say the top 10, <laughs> everyone breaks them. <laughs> so well, I, I don't, just found that was pretty interesting how to, my mind finally just kind of worked that out. Just one. And that's it. You deserve judgment. But thankfully, God gives us mercy. If we ask for forgiveness. I think that's the important part that we recognize that all of us are sinners. You know, without Mm -hmm. Jesus, there's, we're tied to this old nature and we always will be. Um, And so we're never going to make the mark. We're never going to live up to the high standards of moral behavior that the word has shown us we should have. Um, but God in his mercy sent his son Jesus to die for us, to give himself as a ransom for us, to take us back out of that slavery to sin and give us freedom in Christ. I love that, that scripture, that mercy triumphs over judgment. You know, we all know that sin has to be judged, but God in his mercy judged it, our sin, judged it in Jesus on the cross so that we could live in his mercy. So now it would be pretty awful if we decide not to extend that same kind of mercy to others. Um, but, but we're kind of small. 
you know, without Jesus, we're pretty petty people. (laughs) And we are really bad to judge and, you know, from everything from hairstyles to cars to cheating on your wife. I mean, we lump a bunch of stuff together and think it's all, you know, just awful. Um, And we never look in our own hearts to see that because the Bible says, if you do it in your heart, Mm -hmm. it's done. Mm-hmm. So it's the heart, like Rosemary keeps saying, the heart has to change. And the only thing that's going to change a heart is to let Jesus in. Okay. And so I, um, I, I think a lot of people go to church and they just hear that judgment piece. And that's the point of the law. Quite frankly, the point of the law is to get us to a place where we realize we can't do this. Like, I can't be perfect. I can't do it. I might as well. And what a lot of people say is like, oh, I might as well just quit. Mm-hmm. Great. You're getting further and further. You're doing good. Quit. Absolutely quit. Quit your stuff. Quit trying to run your life your own way. Quit trying to be the Lord of your own life. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. What people, and um, I think Suzanne was saying this before we were recording. She goes, yeah, but they miss the Jesus train. They forget the next step. They, they get to church. They realize they realize what sin is. They realize that they can't be perfect. It's put you in that corner. And then they walk out of church. And what we need to help people understand is, and then the next thing is Jesus. Mm-hmm. That is God's complete plan um, to help change our hearts, heart, our hearts of stone, change them into flesh, so that we start caring about others. Yeah. I mean, it says very clearly, mercy triumphs over judgment. Yeah. And that's, I mean, Jesus is mercy incarnate. Yes. That's just what it is. Like, and Jesus triumphs. He is the one who says, we've got this. You can't do it, but I can. can. We've got it. And I will not judge you with those old standards. I will judge you through my standards of mercy and grace. Mm -hmm. And and just kind of the love your neighbor as yourself. Part of that is what's the self-talk? Pay attention to how we talk to ourselves. We often talk to ourselves in the midst of that judgment and that um, worldly, where we do, like mm-hmm. Suzanne, all this stuff Suzanne kept pointing out, it was like, yes, that's what we're, and that's where our heads are focused, and that's a judgment piece. If that's where you're focused, although we will need to get dress pants when COVID, COVID is over, but it's like, <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, um, if you're focused on all those outward things, you're also not giving yourself that mercy. Because if you're focused on Jesus Christ, you have that merciful peace. Um, You have that ability to have that sense of yourself. Like, I'm not someone who lives under the judgment of that law now because I live under the grace of Christ. I I feel sad when people miss that next part. And those outward things, there's nothing wrong with those outward right. things at all. Like if you have the, um, you know, the, the $150 haircut, $300 haircut, because that is a real thing. Like if you have <laughs> the big jewelry, if you live in the nice big house and you have the fancy brand new car and you have the, it, just all the things. Like if you have all the things and you still recognize that that is through Jesus and that it doesn't matter what you have and that it's not there for you specifically. It's there to do the work of God. 
Yeah. Like Mm -hmm. that's what it comes down to. There is nothing wrong with people having lots and lots of money and lots and Mm -hmm. lots of fine things because those in a lot of ways are the people who drive the work of God because they can fund that for the people who don't have the funds, but do have the time Mm -hmm. or do have the gifting to whatever. Right. So don't, don't hear us saying that those things are wrong and that you are being judged if you have any of those things. Um, I love a good manicure. I mean, let's just be real honest, you know? (laughs) You Um, do. (laughs) I do. I love a good manicure. Um, But, you know, it's it's not... um, Because my fingernails are painted doesn't make me better than somebody who doesn't have painted fingernails. Or the fact that the other three women that are sitting um, on the computer with me all have makeup on and their hair done. And I um, just finished exercising and have not done any of that. But I did brush my teeth. Um, You know what I mean? Like none of that's, it doesn't matter. Yeah, especially matter. since we're on the computer, right. it doesn't matter if you brush your teeth or not. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Again, so. God's not looking at the outward things. That's right. Mm-hmm. He's looking at your heart. He's looking at That's your motivation. Right. Yeah. It all goes back to that. We've had this discussion, you know, when we've been studying some books in the Old Testament, that the law was never meant to be fully obeyed because God knew we were never going to be able to live up never. to that. The mm-hmm. law is there to show us our need for Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's important that we, you know, we're not trying to condemn anybody. Of course, we know that we are all sinners in need of a Savior. Um, but remember that that's the whole point of that law is to point you to that Savior. Right. To your need of Him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yep. yeah. That's what it all boils down to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, how about I finish this up today? Okay. Jesus, thank you. Um, Thank you for being that savior. Thank you for triumphing through mercy um, and grace. And just thank you for judging us through your lens and not the lens of, um, of the law that we could never, 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 never follow Lord. Um, Jesus, thank you for coming and thank you for um, just your grace and your mercy that you show us every day, every day in so many ways. Um, I just pray that we would keep our eyes filtered through the lens of mercy and grace, Lord, that the people that we encounter would see nothing but mercy and grace through us, Lord. that the ways that we interact with our spouses, our children, our friends, our bosses, our employees, our coworkers, um, the people that we encounter at the grocery store and at the gas station and in Carline and anywhere, Lord, that they would just see nothing but grace and mercy from us, Lord. Um, just wash that over us and just help that to be our go-to because of the fact that you have given that gift to us, Lord, that we would just be so overwhelmed by that, that it would just be second nature for us, God, that that is just what it would be. Um, Thank you again for just the opportunity, Lord, to show mercy and grace um, and to sit around this 
table, Lord, and um, chat with these women and dig into the word that you have preserved um, for us so that we can um, sit on a slushy day and talk about um, these things that have been written thousands of years ago, Lord, but still hold true and ring true this very, very day. Um, Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Ha, 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 ha.